Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales ops onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement, and is sponsored by the Global Sales Operations Association and the UK Revenue Operations Network. Hello, and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today, we're joined by an extra special guest, Stephanie Kaup, who is who has a, an interesting background that we're going to jump into, but is currently um, in the sales ops team at a large tech company that we will not name. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. I'm super excited. So I am super interested about something that you said just before we hit record. And this was about how your previous career, in, well, fighting career, uh, karate, I believe, um, helps you in your day-to-day role in sales ops. Can you elaborate a bit more about that? <laughs> uh, well, so first of all, I have I have a background in martial arts uh, that's yeah, spans over almost 25 years. Actually, I think it's like 27 years uh, by now. Uh, and the main part has been karate. Then uh, I've done a lot of other martial arts because uh, once you get into it, you can't stop. Uh, and I've been reflecting quite a bit over the fact how much it has helped me in my career in, in getting the confidence and calm uh, that you need, especially when you work a lot with sales. Um, sales can be very persistent. They can go in and like negotiate with you and argue for their sake. And at some point, my role is to like do the best for the company and for the customer. Uh, and sometimes that might not be aligned with what sales always want. And I then need to like remain calm and composed. Uh, and I, I just realized that all those years of martial arts just makes me able to funnel out that energy and, and not like um, get into the same game. Because if I get agitated, uh, they will like uh, push it up and then we are ending up on, off in the wrong direction. Uh, so I think yeah, I get a lot of my like calmness from the martial arts. So you learned that reacting to that kind of, to a situation like that is not productive in a, in let's say a slightly high pressure environment than sales ops. And so therefore you've been able to translate that approach into the day-to-day work and it, and it's helped you like measurably. Like you think your performance is 20% better, do you think, because of that? Oh, definitely. I mean, martial arts is basically playing chess while someone is sitting you in the face. Uh, So it's like, it's the ultimate 
pressure. Like, you know that the person on the other side wants to beat you, uh, and most likely in the face. Uh, and when you then go into a meeting with sales uh, and you feel that they have, they're bringing that kind of, uh, same kind of body language or aggression or they're unsatisfied, uh, it's easier to somehow like handle it because you've been exposed to that kind of pressure. Uh, and and I, I think I just am able to like focus better and, and make a good call in that given moment based on the fact that I've been exposed into that uh, same situation in sports. Awesome. Now, just to give the audience a bit more perspective, how long have you been in sales ops? Can you share any more info about what you're currently doing or responsible for in the world of sales ops? So uh, I've been in sales ops uh, about, I think, uh, seven, eight years, uh, give or take. Uh, And uh, my main remit has been uh, the Nordics and Northern Europe. Uh, So it's the Nordics and Benelux. I just recently moved into a broader role where I'm going to cover uh, the broader EMEA uh, perspective. Uh, And I've always been working through a business partner. So I had a business partner uh, with whom I would figure out the the strategy, one to three years, uh, but I was also responsible in translating everything into operations and make sure that we had a clear plan of execution for everything. So it was everything from really like high level, like how do we build the org, like how do we accelerate business, how do we make sure that we we have a long term sustainable and growing business, making sure that the, the here and now was working. Um, Got it. That that makes sense. Over the six or seven years, how have things changed? I think um, I think there is a better and bigger understanding for sales operations, not only in the company I'm working in, but in the entire market. So when I started in sales operations, there was no one else like me. Uh, when I asked for a role description, there, there was none because no one had really done it before. So everyone is like, yeah, you're probably going to do a bit of analysis and some reporting. And if you have some time, we do some strategy. Uh, so I feel that we really have, we have become a very important business partner of the business. And I think, uh, if you look in a lot of tech companies, but also startups, and, and I would say like um, companies in the forefront of, of development, uh, a lot of them have sales operations people. And the reason being is because we add value. Uh, and um, I remember my first year in sales operation, I got an email from a person internally who said like, deal overhead cost. And that really stuck with me because that was such a big insult. Uh, yeah. And the fun thing is that that person now works in sales operations, but that's a different story because if found out that we're doing the fun things. But we have really like moved on from being an overhead cost to be a strategic business partner. Um, I mean, I'm the person that my business partner calls in the morning when she has a problem and just wants to bounce a, a sort. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. That's an absolutely hilarious way to start an email. But it is true. There's Because obviously you guys don't, you guys, sales ops people don't have quotas. It's just a cost line. And so the challenge is how can the sales ops team or department uh, add more value than the cost? Um, and it's quite interesting that this person who was once critical is now, if this person in your team or in a different team within your team. He's, he's, he moved to APAC and then moved over to sales ops. Uh, so, yeah. So can we then try and pick a, an example where you believe that you or your sales ops team have done something that has been valuable to the business? I mean, that's a very good question, but I think anything we do 
let's let's pick like strategy. I mean, we're we're supposed to create an organization that's sustainable and growing and and responds to the market in the best possible way. Uh, here and now, when we're doing it, when we're designing that org, sales may not perceive it as value adding or we're doing the right thing. But once it's launched and it's working, uh, I've had cases where people come back to me and said, like, oh, well, you were right. Like, that investment we did in Digital Native totally made sense. Uh, so the thing is that we very rarely get the immediate praise for things that are working. But in the longer term, if the business is successful, that is recognized. Uh, and I think uh, a lot is the strategic work. And that's often the things where, where you have a bit of butterflies in your stomach almost like you're not entirely sure if you're going to the right direction, but sometimes you just need to make a bet and then it works out and then everyone is super happy about it. It can of course go the other way around, but at least we were there supporting our business partner to make a good decision. Um, sure. If you were to join a, a new business and let's say there was a team of a thousand reps, there was seven people in the sales ops team and you were coming in to lead the team what would be one of the first things that you would look at? A very broad question. But. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, honestly, it always starts in operations and understanding where the organization is right now. Uh, because the, in the operations, you will see where the company is struggling. Like, uh, you will very quickly see that some processes are working uh, less good than others, and some are working really well. And then you can slowly, like, funnel down what is going to be key things uh, to fix in the short term and the long term. And it might also give you indicators of like um, how solid is the business? How well are we doing? Are we going to remain competitive in the longer term? Uh, it might be that uh, if you look at, let's say, the numbers perspective and you start diving down and say, like, where are we actually making money today? And then you see that it's just like short term purchases or like one off purchases and clients aren't coming back to us. Well, then we might need to assess how our go-to-market is going to look in the longer term. So uh, really just doing this due diligence of the organization, and this is the thing that I think is the most fun, like just trying to like open up everything because we have the mandate of doing that uh, because no one knows what we're doing. <laughs> uh, so, so in the sense, we can go uh, and poke around in all the different holes and, and try to figure out where we can add the most value. That's super interesting because what you just described there is very strategic isn't it? And and I love how you're saying that you, like sales ops can do that. You have access to everything and no one really knows what you're doing. So you're so like that's that's super interesting. And uh, but I, I guess that is probably uh, reflective of the fact that you are quite senior in sales operations, right? In in that you're gonna be looking at the business holistically. And what I find so interesting about sales operations is that you can have someone like yourself coming in and being that strategic, but there's also someone who's come in uh and has one to two years experience and it's like fixing Salesforce. So this is a massive broad spectrum of what you can do in Salesforce. Would you exactly I, I totally agree. And unfortunately or fortunately, I am in a position where I sometimes just also need to get my hands dirty, which I I, I really love sometimes to really get down into the details. Talking about CRM systems, like uh, last year we had a big issue with our CRM system and then I needed to just sit with my analyst and fix it. That was like a two-week job of copy-pasting. And like, I didn't go to university to do copy-pasting, but we just like, we have to solve this together because neither did he. So it's just like, uh, I think if you work in sales operations, 
you can't fall in love too much with the strategy because then you're going to lose the touch of operations. You really need to, to be able to move between those two, two worlds uh, quite fast. Um, and I think that is also the piece where most people struggle a bit, uh, especially if you work in less mature companies and in startups or, or in hyper growth environments, you need to be able to, to operate both pieces. Um, how, if you're happy to give us a percentage split of your time of like the more granular process stuff versus strategy at the moment, would you say it's like 50-50 or? Um, so right now, I would say it's probably 60 operations and 40 strategy. And it's because I'm, I'm currently in a hyper growth environment uh, and there are just things that we need to, to figure out and fix here and now. Uh, in my old role, uh, about two years ago, it was 70% strategy and 30% operations. Um, Got it. So, so it, it's, it's, it's changing depending on the maturity of the company and where you are at with the company, that balance will change. And you just need to figure out where are, are you the most happy. And I'm pretty, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy to have a 50-50 split. I think that's, that's my like uh, golden cut where I say like, this is where I'm the most happy. Um, but only doing strategy it's it's going to be boring. Like you get too detached from the business. Yeah. Looking to the future, you so you mentioned one of your or what you've seen in your sales career so far is that it's become more recognised. What other trends are you seeing going forward for the next five to ten years, or, or, or would you predict for the next five to ten years? I think sales ops is going to become more specialized. Uh, right now, we are uh, generalists to a large extent. We are good at everything, but not really good at anything. Uh, I would say we're, we're part of a funnel, like everything comes through us. Uh, and the problem with that is that uh, sometimes you might become a bit shaken on the advice you give. But I think that together with the fact that the business is starting to recognize the value that we're adding, more and more headcounts are invested in our function, and then we are able to specialize more and more. So you will have sales ops that's more focused on a certain product and a certain process or reporting or whatever. So I think we're going to see more sales ops operations, operations role coming up, like sales operations analyst or associate or yeah, whatever. Uh, that's going to allow for a bit of more specialization. Sure. So it's almost an extension of your first trend, the existing trend in that sales also being recognized as being valuable and therefore further investment will lead to specificity. Specific, specificity. <laughs> um, I'm not able to say that word either, so I'm happy to see that you're struggling. <laughs> and then the, the, the big trend, and we're actually considering this is like hot off the press, rebranding the show. Because almost everybody we speak to is talking about revenue operations. Do you have any thoughts on this? Do you think that we should rebrand? I've been going through a couple of rebrands of sales operations. Uh, and in a pure protest, I never changed my title. I always stayed with sales operations, uh, rather strategy and sales operations, because then you're covering the strategic and operational piece. Uh, some prefer to call themselves strat-ops, but then I always say like you're losing a piece of the operation. So I'm always sticking with strategy and sales operations. The reason being is that you're starting to limit yourself if you are talking about revenue uh, operations. For instance, for me, that's more a sales finance function. And yes, we can tap into that and parts of it might sit in our parts of the business. But again, I would say that's more like a subset of what sales ops can be doing. 
rather than like the main task. So I would hate to not be able to to like develop our go-to-market strategy just because my name is uh, RevOps or something similar. Interesting. And this may be a function of the size of business that you work in as well. Yeah. In that the that type of sales ops may not exist. But I don't know. Who knows? Again, like uh, we will see a lot of different kinds of sales operations. And as long as we are there to give the best support uh, to the business, I think we're doing the right thing. I mean, you see companies where you have uh, a C staff and then you have RevOps instead. Uh, and that combination together basically is sales operations. So it, it can have many different forms. Awesome. Before we move to the final questions, I'd like to talk about um, managing relationships with reps, specifically because you mentioned about at the start the impact of your fighting career. How, apart from obviously staying calm, how else would you recommend that someone relatively new to sales operations builds the relationships they need, actually not just with reps, but with other stakeholders in the business as well? Well, what do you think is the right strategy to approach those relationships? Um, that's a very good question. I think one of the key challenges we will face, like the first question you will get from uh, sales is, uh, what have you ever sold in your life? Uh, so you will have a challenge with them challenging you about the fact that you, you haven't done their job. So why should you give advice? Why should you give advice about the go-to-market? Like my business partner, she has X 10 years amount of, uh, experience in, 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 in the business and I'm sitting and giving her advice. So I think building the credibility is key. Uh, and one piece of it is, is just sitting with sales, follow them into client meetings, be in their shoes as much as possible to really understand the day-to-day business to be able to give better advice. And especially if you're more junior and you don't have that set of like, I mean, I have like, this is for me how this kind of org looks like. This is like, I have a solution for everything because I've already tested a lot of solutions. But being entirely new into the job, you need to build that experience. And the best way of doing it is by just talking to the people who are actually doing the job and building the credibility. By having that network and being able to using their language, you're going to like accelerate your career tenfold. Um, I think the biggest mistake SaySubs is doing is trying to like lock themselves out and, and like almost building a wall around their org, which might be a good idea under high pressure uh, times or when you are very exposed to sales and they might not be super happy with the current situation, but it's not a long-term solution. You need to work with the people who are actually doing the job. Yeah, that that makes sense. I'm, I'm almost tempted to kind of call this episode, title of this episode, The Biggest Mistake in Sales Operations. <laughs> um, that makes total sense that I, I could almost feel myself be tempted to... Like if I jumped into a new role to be like, I need to work this out. I need to sort this out myself as opposed to just going sitting down with the reps. Um, exactly. So that makes total sense. Okay, now the most important question. Who in the world of sales ops would you most like to take for lunch? Uh, it's a very difficult question because... Uh, so actually, um, I, I've talked to Tim Hurst who has been on on an uh, uh, earlier episode and uh, we got in contact because we started to like wondering, are there other sales of people out there in Stockholm? Uh, and we realized, well, at least there are two because we are here. Uh, and then we started checking out people on LinkedIn and realized there are more and more sales of people. So I wouldn't pick one single sales of person, but like my dream scenario post-COVID is to go to a dinner with, let's say, 10 
10 sales operations people and just exchange thoughts. Because every time I talk to sales operations people, I realize that what I'm doing is not unique and I'm not like my issues and problems are not uh, unique. Uh, and there are other people who have faced similar challenges and we can help each other solving them. Uh, so, so that would probably be like my dream lunch or dinner, like meeting with like top 10 sales of people in Stockholm and just have a knowledge uh, exchange. Well, first shout out to Tim, but yes, um, <laughs> for sure, you guys should definitely do that. And there's, there, I'm, there definitely will be a load of awesome sales of people in Stockholm. I'm trying to think, I don't think we've interviewed any other people from Stockholm, but as and when we come across them, I'll, I'll introduce them to you guys so they can join your, your dinner. Oh, please send them our way. We actually, we, we made it our like task to create a list of people. Uh, I mean, Tim has, of course, uh, already delivered on it. I still need to do my list, uh, yeah. but uh, we're aiming to, uh, to, to do something more structured. Come on, Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Stephanie, that was um, a really awesome, like high-level view at, at your experience in sales loss, but also what's coming in the future. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving us your very valuable time. Um, and if anybody is interested in learning more about Stephanie, they can just simply click on the link that will be below this video or this audio file on your podcast listening app. So Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.